Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to Passion Life Church this morning on this great Memorial Day weekend. How are you doing? I want to thanks for thank you for watching. Thank you for allowing us to come into your home today, inviting us into your home, wherever you're watching today. Today's going to be an incredible blessing to you. Today we wanted to just take a couple moments and honor those who have sacrificed with their lives for our freedom. You know, freedom isn't free. And we want to honor all of the men and women who have given their very lives to fight for our freedom. We honor you today. You know, I want to just take a moment and pray. I want to pray for the families of the fallen. You know, um, oftentimes, you know, we don't think about them. You know, they've lost so much and yet um, God loves them and is with them. And would you just join me in a moment and let's pray for the families of our military, those who have died in service to our country. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you are with us. You never leave us and you never forsake us. And Lord, right now we lift up these families, the families of our military who've lost people. Father, sons, daughters, friends, Lord, brothers, sisters, cousins, Lord, we pray, Lord, right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would bring comfort to people's lives. Father, I pray right now that supernatural strength would be imparted into these families' lives, Father God, that you would protect them, strengthen them in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, let me just also give a great shout out to our military. We love them. And if you're watching today, hey, we honor you. Thank you for your service to our country. We're so honored that you would serve. And may God be with you as you go and protect you. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for watching. You know, life is happening. I hope things are, are good for you. I want to say a special shout out today to Jason and Joanna who got married yesterday. Yeah, life is happening. Congratulations to you. Uh, I was, it was an honor to be able to be there and, and officiate your wedding. And then Natalie, this last, I think it was two days, just gave birth to her baby, uh, baby Mateo. And so we want to say a big shout out to Natalie. We love you. God bless you. I think it was 36 hours of labor. Woo-hoo. Oh, my. But she is home. She is resting. And God bless you and your child. You know, I want to just uh, tell you a little bit about what's happening before we dive into uh, my faith, my future, and we conclude that series. I want to let you know a little bit what's happening here at Passion Life Church. God is moving. He's opening up great doors for us. And this week, as we said last week, we are preparing uh, to work with Lucille's through our Passion Project. We love this. Be the miracle. We want to be a miracle to some medical staff and thank them. I believe we're going to be working at Loma Linda Hospital this, this week, partnering with Lucille's, bringing meals, about 50 meals for a whole shift. We're not sure if it's the night shift or the day shift yet, but we're so excited. And listen, your generosity is making such a big difference. And I want to thank you for that. As we begin to prepare for our tithes and our offerings, we're also at this time preparing to go online as we are start our reopening campaign with our volunteers and and uh, we are purchasing cameras we're purchasing equipment and so i just want to know that your generosity is making such a huge difference you know there's a promise that is given to 
us. You know, in Galatians 3.29, it says, If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and according to and heirs according to the promise. Well, what promise is this? Well, it's the promises that it's the promise that is outlined in Genesis 12.2. It says this, God told Abraham, and it's a promise to us. He says, I will bless you. Have you been blessed? Has God blessed you in this time? I hear people are going back to work. The, our, you know, restaurants are opening up and uh, people are being called back to work. But in this time, has God blessed you? The Bible says God told Abraham, I will bless you, right? I will make your name great. And here's the, the promise that is our part to do we can be a blessing. I will make you a blessing. So notice God doesn't want us to be a blessing without him first blessing our lives. The Bible also tells us that we give according to the blessing that God has given to us. Have you been blessed? Has God given you something, right? And if he has, then we don't want to block God's blessings by not being a blessing. Because that's really how we block his blessing is by not being a blessing. And your generosity today is helping us to reach people. Not only are we going to feed medical personnel, but we're also feeding people during the week, people in our own church, in our community. And so again, we want to thank you for your generosity. You know, here's a couple of giving options for you, and they're going to put those up on the screen. You can give by your, your smartphone, right? You can just simply text the number on the screen, PLC Marietta to 77977. It's as safe as online banking. And then or, or also you can download our app. And um, that is free, Passion Life Church Marietta. I love our app. You can send us prayer requests. Listen, whatever you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. Send us prayer requests. Connect with us. We are praying for you. Also, if you want to just go to our website, passionlifechurch.com, and you can go there and hit the give. They're going to keep those up on the screen for just a moment. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your giving, your generosity, and that God will continue to open doors. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your blessing on our lives. We thank you that you have been good to us. Father God, and we acknowledge that you are the source. Our job is only the resource, but you are the source. Resources, the jobs that we have may change, but you know what? You are the source and we look to you, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are working in our lives and through our lives. Lord, may faith arise in this area. Father of giving, Lord, that as people give, you give back to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We can never outgive you, God. And so we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I just want to give you a little update of what's happening. We're so glad that things are now reopening. Restaurants are reopening and, uh, you know, businesses are reopening. And thank God that this season is shifting, right? And so now many of you know, President Trump has said that churches are essential. We always knew that churches were essential. Let, let me just encourage you with that because some of you may say, well, why is that? Because church is a source of hope for people. When we come together, we encourage each other. It's healthy. It brings healing to one another. And so we believe in that. We believe that the church is essential. But I just want to let you know, we don't have an exact date of when we are going to be opening, but it's looking more towards maybe the end of June or maybe somewhere in July. 
and we are coordinating with our dream team members because we don't want to just show up and have three or four people serving. Uh, we need people to be able to come in and, and help. People are going to be looking for hope. So I just want you to keep us in prayer. We don't have an exact set date. We're going to be online uh, until that date and then also looking to launch once we get back into the gathering. And I want to encourage you, you know, to get back into the gathering. But, you know, that could be the next month, the next five weeks or so. We are planning on reopening. The high school has given us the thumbs up to come back. And so we're really excited about that. So I would just ask to please keep us in your prayers, our volunteers and the people. And I'm just believing that this is going to be a great harvest, that this next season is going to be the best season of this year for us, for the kingdom of God and for his church. Amen. Come on, if you can say a good amen, let's say it. You know, today we're going to conclude this incredible series that I've called My Faith by future. And we've been starting to look look forward into the future because we've been talking about how God has a future for us. But here's what faith does. Faith steps into the future. Faith takes a step. And we've been looking at Jeremiah 29, 11, and we're going to look a little bit more today into Jeremiah's life. I think you're going to get a lot out of today. Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 29, 11, very famous scripture, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. We got to focus on that. It's not of evil. And it is to give you a hope and a future. You know, the context of Jeremiah 29, 11 is God's people were captives in Babylon, right? They were in quarantine. They were captive. They were slaves in Babylon. And yet God was looking for a voice. He was looking for a voice to speak his word. And I want to encourage you today. God is still looking for a voice. He is still looking for people that will speak his word. And so he comes to Jeremiah and he tells Jeremiah, look, I want you to know and tell the people that there is future and that future and hope go together, that faith and future go together, right? Because faith is looking forward. But we've got to believe and have hope that there's a future. But listen, We've got to take a step. We've got to start taking steps because that's what faith does. See, we can hope for the future. And I'm going to tell you why God is saying this and help us today. See, we can have a hope for the future because God's already there. God's already in our future. You know, if you are a believer and you're trusting in God, you know, the book of Revelation, Jesus said, I am the alpha. That means the beginning. And I am the end. The Alpha and the Omega. Omega means end. In other words, he is already in our future. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end at the same time. And so when God does something, he always begins with the end in mind. I love what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says. It says, be confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you? Let's put the emphasis on he, he who began, he will complete, he who began, he will complete. But here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to have faith that because he began it, that he is going to finish it, right? And here's what God's looking for from us. God's not looking for our perfection. He's looking for our surrender. He wants us to surrender our lives, right? Because in truth, he's the one that perfects us. We can just surrender. I have entitled today, 
We were made for more. You were made for more. I believe in our generation now more than ever, the world is looking for leadership. The world is looking for people to lead. People are looking for direction. People are looking for faith, right? And yet, sometimes what I see in the people of God is many of us are just sitting on the sidelines, spectating instead of participating. And us as the people of God, we're looking for other people to lead. We're looking for other people to serve. We're looking for other people to give. I'm going to say something, and I'm not here to make you mad. Listen, and don't send me any emails on this, but it's just an example, and I think it's, it just goes with what I'm saying. You know, the other day I walked into um, a store, I won't tell you which one, and I asked, I said, hey, today are masks required in this store? And they said, no, they're recommended, but they're not required. And the, the lady looked at me, and she looked around, and she said, you know, to tell you the truth, here's what's going on. The more people that come into our store without masks, the quicker our management will allow us to take off our masks. Now listen, I understand the whole concept of the mask. I know some of you work in the uh, emergency room and you need to wear a mask. I get all of that and I understand. And let me just say, we live in a free country. You can wear a mask as long as you want. But I want to get back to normal living. I want to live again. I am not going to live my life in fear. But here's the point. I thought it was so interesting that she said, we're just kind of waiting for people to rise up and say, we're not going to live in fear. And then our management will change its policies. You know what? God is looking for leaders. God is looking for his church to stand up, right? And let me just be honest with you. I think that we've been, we, we've been taught how that we need to attend church, but we haven't been trained on how to be the church, right? And we've got to be the church. The world is looking for leaders and here we are, right? And it's time to rise my church family. I'm telling you, God is calling you. He's calling me. Yes, he's calling you. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine says this, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, listen to these words, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it's not just pastors that are called, right? We've got to understand if you're saved, you're called. If you're saved, you're called. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.18, I love this. It says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. One translation says, God has given us as the people of God a message of reconcil reconciliation. And here's what our ministry is. No matter what you're doing, whether you're in business, in the medical field, right? Whether you're in construction, all of us have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. That means helping reconcile a lost world to Jesus Christ. It's not just clergy. It's not just pastors. We're all called. As a matter of fact, Mark 16, 17, I was reading this this week. It says, and these signs will follow them that are pastors, them that are full-time ministry. No, it says these signs will follow them that believe that them that believe it says in my name, you shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Watch this. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And this word signs actually means this. These signs will follow them that believe. Signs means miracles. 
It means wonders. I was thinking about our Christmas party that we had in 2019 and how we were talking about the vision for 2020. And we were talking about it's going to be a wonderful year. Wonder means signs, wonders, miracles. And you go, Phil, <laughs> this has not been a wonderful year. I understand. But can I encourage you that this season is shifting? And let me just tell you this, the year is not over yet. And I was thinking about, and I told our people, get this, right? And put, put it in a little frame because on the back, here's what it says. Let's expect miracles in our lives. Let's expect wonders. But here's another thing, and I think this is very applicable to today. Let's remember the wonders. Let's remember what God has done. I love what 1 Chronicles 16, 12 says, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, right? And so I don't know about you, but that's what I've been thinking about this week. I remember how God has come through in my life. I've been thinking about all of the miracles, but here's what we're really focusing on today. Not just, right, expecting the wonder, remembering the wonder, but you know what? Being a wonder in somebody else's life, actually being the church, actually you being a miracle. And we can because these signs follow them that believe. And I really believe you're going to love today because I just want to look at Jeremiah today because we read his words and his words are so encouraging. But Jeremiah struggled with this whole idea of being used by God, right? I mean, and he was incredibly used by God. But you know what? At first, Jeremiah couldn't see himself that way. He couldn't see himself being used by God. And so here's what happens. He started making excuses. And if you have your Bible, turn over to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 1 uh, today. And if you don't have a Bible or your smartphone, just write some scriptures down. But you know, what's funny is I heard about a guy, he called up his boss and he said, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I can't come in today. He says, there's something wrong with my eyes. And his boss said, what's wrong with your eyes? And he says, man, I can't see myself coming to work today. That's what's wrong with my eyes. And I thought that's funny because I think that one of the reasons why we don't step into what God's calling us to do and His will is because we don't see ourselves as God sees us. We don't see that. We can't see ourselves for some reason stepping up and leading. Or we can't see ourselves being the one that's actually praying. Listen, I'm telling you, the church needs to arrive. It, it, it arrive. It's time to stop calling the pastor for prayer. And you know what? You start praying. You start praying for other people. Sometimes we don't see ourselves as a catalyst for change, or we don't see ourselves as being a person who could give a word into somebody's future. You know, the Bible says that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few, right? And look at what God told Jeremiah, because God had an assignment for Jeremiah, just like he has for your life. He had an assignment for Jeremiah. He had something for him to do. He had something and a word for Jeremiah to say, but Jeremiah is going to come up with some excuses. Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came uh, to me, Jeremiah talking, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You know, this word formed, when he says, Before I formed you, it means fashioned you. In other words, before even Jeremiah was born, he was fashioned for his future. And that's pretty powerful. Remember, we talked about how your purpose was already planned. And it says, 
God was telling Jeremiah, look, I sanctified you. In other words, I set you apart. That word no means, listen, I, 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 the word no means this. It means I distinguished you already for a purpose. See, our lives were made for more. And so here comes God's words to Jeremiah. Now, I want you to remember this. The people of God are struggling. They are captive in Babylon. God wants to encourage them, and God is looking for a voice. So he comes to Jeremiah. He's coming to us today. And look at the first excuse that Jeremiah tells God. After that beautiful, <laughs> those beautiful words in verse 4, look at what Jeremiah says. He basically says, here's the first excuse. Uh, first excuse. Number one, God, I'm just inadequate. I'm just inadequate. I'm just not good enough. Jeremiah 1 verse 6, watch this, Jeremiah's response to God. Then said I, Oh Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. And Jeremiah's like, you want me to be a prophet? I have problems speaking. Now I think this is kind of ironic because here God is talking to him, and Jeremiah is actually speaking back to God, right? Now I could see if God is speaking to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah has no response, and he's like, well, yeah, okay, then you can't speak, right? But actually, Jeremiah is speaking back to God. But look at verse 7, right? This is what the Lord says back to Jeremiah's excuse. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go into all to whom I will send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So here's what God was saying to Jeremiah. Listen, it isn't about how eloquent of a speaker you are, right? It's about speaking what I tell you to speak. You know, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul, because when he was writing to the Corinthian church, he basically told them, he says, look, when I come to you, I don't come to you with eloquence of speech. I'm not this great speaker. But here's, here's what one translation says. But when I speak, here's what I do. I rely on the Holy Spirit to give me words to speak. And sometimes I think we're so enamored with having to be this incredible speaker that we become so comfortable in our silence. We don't say anything. God's not looking for eloquence of speech. God is looking for people who will rely on their on the Holy Spirit and open up their mouth and say what God has put on their heart. Because God always equips who he calls and God empowers us for the purpose. I put in my notes here, don't make your plans on how you think you are. Make your plans on how you think God is. And God basically tells Jeremiah, I don't want to hear about your age. You know, are we really the right age to do anything? Are you really the right age to get married? right? Are you really the right age to have kids, right? Is anybody, the, are you the right age? I remember when I started in, in youth pastoring, you know, they said, you're just, you're too young, you know, you're, you're too young. You got to have some gray hair if people are going to, you know, just really um, respect you. And then when I started Passion Life Church, I had a friend tell me, you're too old to be starting a church. People are always going to have opinions. There are always going to be people who aren't going to believe in you. And then there will be people who believe in you. Ask Jesus, right? One time they're saying Hosanna in the highest. And then, right, 
by that Friday, they are saying, crucify him, crucify him, right? But what you tell yourself about what God wants to do, if you don't tell yourself, I'm a person of purpose, your self-talk really matters to yourself. And Jeremiah is thinking, and he's just thinking about his inadequacies. He's thinking about how he's not good enough, right? And it's funny how we'll talk to an unlimited God about our limitations. And yet God is looking for someone who will speak his word, right? But can I tell you, it's God that will equip you, right? He equips the called. He does. But Jeremiah's like, I'm inadequate. Here's another excuse. Number two, Jeremiah just basically says, look, God, I'm afraid, right? And we're living in a time when fear is rampant. Jeremiah's like, people are going to call me out because I'm too young. And what if they don't want to hear what I have to say? Look at God's response, Jeremiah 1, verse 8. God says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. You know, I think we're going to have to come to terms as a Christian. We are not called to fit in. We are not called to blend in. We are called to stand out. And let me encourage you. Today, you have the cure. You have the cure. You have faith. You have God's word, right? You have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of you have been in church for many years. It's time to rise up. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So not only does God call us, right, to be ministers of reconciliation, he calls us to proclaim. Again, that's using our mouth. Proclaim the praises of God. You know, sometimes that's what I find that I do with someone when we're talking. I just start telling them what God has done for me. I begin to tell them my story because each and every one of you have a story, right? But here's what I found out. If you're not careful, right? If you want to fit in, you're going to find yourself starting to get boxed in. Let me say that again. See, a lot of times when we just start allowing ourselves to get and fit in with people, we feel like after a period of time that, you know, it's so easy to get you know, boxed in. You know, the Bible says that the fear of man is a snare, that we, we get trapped because fear, that's what fear does. Fear always paralyzes us, right? Things are starting to open up now and people are like, you know, I'm just going to stay at home. I, I'm just going to stay. Okay, well, what are you going to do? Stay home for the next two years? Because what they're saying now is that COVID's always going to be here. But can I just tell you, God's always here. His power's always here. And we need to have faith in that. And we need to say, you know what? We are not going to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. Come on, can I hear a good amen? I just refuse to live in fear. But one of the biggest traps that we can fall into is being worried about what other people think. Well, I don't want to say what God's put on my heart. You know, this is my friend. And what if they, you know, I, I'm just afraid. What What if they they think I'm weird? What if they think, you know, I, I don't know. I, this isn't being politically correct. Can I just tell you, here's what I found, that the fear of God is the best antidote to the fear of man. Let me say that again. The fear of God is the best antidote to the fear of men. You know, when I started public speaking, um, I didn't know that God would call me this uh, to do this. I, I, th I just think it's so funny. You want to talk about feeling inadequate? 
I failed the seventh grade. I went to a, a, a private school. Shout out to Agape Christian Academy. Come on, home of the conquerors. And uh, I failed the seventh grade, right? Yeah, I, was, I had some friends. I was actually the class clown, if you can believe that, right? And uh, failed the seventh grade, barely graduated, went to like four or five different high schools because of things that were happening in my, in my, my family's life, went to Bible college. But you know what was funny? is that God would have me be a teacher, a guy who failed the seventh grade, a guy who hated school, and here's what happened. At the school where I failed, they started calling me back to teach chapel, to teach the kids. And I just think God has such a sense of humor, and then later on they would hire me on to be a youth pastor, and now pastoring Passion Life Church, you know, I've taught hundreds of thousands of people, right? But I remember, and I remember this scripture, what God told Jeremiah. He's like, look, don't look at people's faces. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you're going to look at people for their approval, right, you're not going to fulfill the calling that God has for your life. Can I just encourage you? Just as a speaker, you know, I think it's sometimes, it's really funny what I see on the stage. When I'm on the stage, from my perspective, when I see people's faces, right? I have to be careful because some people look mad when I'm talking. You know, I've been doing this for about 25 years, and when I'm talking, some people just look mad, right? I understand that. And then there's other people who, they just look confused. They're just like this when I'm talking. They're like, right? And then there's other people that I call the puppy dog. They're expectant. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at a friend's house yesterday. They had a little puppy dog. It was a little Labrador retriever. It was so cute. And it came over and it was just like, yeah, yeah, like pet my head, pet my head, pet my head, right? And I love that. I love when people are expectant. But you know what? I've been doing this long enough that what I found is that some people come back to church and it wasn't that they were mad. It's just their face always looked like that. It's just their faces always looked confused. But here's what I've learned. I can't just look at people's faces. I can't just look for people's approval, right? I've got to speak the word of God. Let me just encourage you. When we come back to church and you go back to church because people are watching from all different parts of America. Listen, when you go back to church, did you know something? That when you are expectant, you'll receive more. When you're expectant, you'll pull things out of that speaker. See, when I'm preaching and you're expecting, you're stirring me up and you're stirring the gift up in me and you'll get more out of me Which, if you're expectant. But here's what I'm saying to you today. Let's not be afraid just because people may not validate us or give us approval when we're talking with them, right? There's always going to be people. And here's, can I just encourage you? You never know what somebody's going through. You never know what, what is, is happening in people's lives. But we need to speak what God says to speak. And I want to encourage you. Quit thinking about you and quit think, and start thinking about what people need. Stop thinking about all your insecurities and start thinking about how you can help people. Somebody asked me, how do you do this whole public speaking thing when you're up there? I said, there's one simple principle I will tell you. When I'm up here, I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about how I can serve people and help people. If I was just thinking about how my hair and, you know, what do I look like and am I skinny enough and, you know, do I have a, a, a good, nice chin and all these things, you know what? I never get up here. But that's, this is not about me. This is about serving other people. And you know what? Our insecurity, 
can rob us from the promise that God has for us. But I want you to notice something. God addresses and goes and head on, he addresses Jeremiah's insecurity. Here's the third excuse. Jeremiah's like, this won't work. Can I ask you a question? What if it does? Look at God's response. Jeremiah 1 verse 9. It says this, Then the Lord put forth his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set over the nations. I have set you over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Let me just tell you what God was saying. God says, I've touched your mouth. In other words, I've anointed you for the purpose that I've called you for. I put my oil, my anointing on your life. And you know what? God works in us so he can work through us. And I want to tell you that when we speak, we're not just speaking our own words, right? God touches us. He told Jeremiah, I'm touching you. I've anointed you. I'm working in you so I can work through you. But look at verse 10. He says, I have set you over the nations. In other words, this is authority. God's given us authority. You know, when we read Mark chapter 16, verse 17, where it says, these signs will follow them that believe. The word sign not only means wonder and miracles, it actually means authority. So we have the authority of God to speak his word. Come on, that's good, somebody. And here we are, right? We're not saying anything. And yet we have the authority and the power to speak his word. Can I ask you a question? Has God touched your life? Do you remember a time when God has touched your life? Because that's what he does. He touches your life before he uses you. He does the work inside of you, right? And in you so he can do the work through you. I want to encourage you. He has touched your life, right? Now he wants you to use you to touch other people, right? But can I just encourage you? It takes faith. I love what Psalm 81 verse 10 says. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt. Open, look at this, open your mouth wide. And God says, I'll fill it. If you open it, I'll fill it, right? So here's my part. My part is to open up my mouth, right? God's part, he will give you the words. You know, the other day I went outside my house. It was early in the morning. I don't know, maybe eight o'clock or so. Had just kind of my gym shorts on, you know, my black t-shirt, just kind of had bed head and everything. Just went outside and I noticed my neighbor was out there and I kind of wasn't gonna really talk with them because of the way I look I was looking to to see if our trash cans if I, I didn't remember if I brought them in or not and all of a sudden this conversation happens and that's cool because he was in his gym shorts too, <laughs> t-shirt we're just sitting there talking and here's what I want to encourage you you never know when there's going to be a divine appointment or a God encounter in your life you never know the Bible says I'm supposed to love myself, right? I love my neighbor as I love myself. And if I love my neighbor as I love myself, I'm going to want my neighbor to go to heaven. And we started talking about some things, and it turns out he had a need. His son was just diagnosed with autism. And man, it was, it was so sad. And we began to talk. And you know what? Right there, 8 o'clock in the morning, I just began to open up my mouth. And I said, God, whatever you want to say through me to my neighbor, I want to open up my mouth and I want to encourage him. And I felt like the Lord began to tell me to really encourage him. And he began to say, well, you know, this whole God thing, I've been in Afghanistan and I made it through and I made it this and I did that, right? And I just felt like the Lord telling me to say, you know, that's cool. I'm so glad you made it through. Thank you for your service. But here's the one thing you can't do for yourself. You can't save yourself. 
And I'll tell you what, as I begin to say that, it was so awkward, right? I think there were birds chirping at that moment. They stopped. All the crickets started. And I mean, it was just an awkward thing. But you know what? It was like the Holy Spirit just started to minister to him eight o'clock in the morning right there. And I'm going to tell you that God wants to use us in these moments to be able to, to speak his word. Well, Pastor Phil, I just don't have time. I don't have time to make a difference. Well, can I just encourage you that don't complain about the world if you're not going to help us change the world, right? Right. We all, we are the people of God and God is waiting on you to do your part. Right. I've heard it said we are waiting on a move of God. And yet God said, I'm waiting on a move of men. I'm waiting for you to move. Right. And this is how God works. He we open up our mouth. He fills it. That's what faith is like really to be honest when you go to the grocery store until you step up right to the door the door doesn't move right but when you step up and that sensor picks it up right those electronic doors move but you've got to take that step to let God use you mightily here's the fourth and last excuse that he gives that we're going to talk about today Jeremiah is basically like you know what I'm just not as good as others I'm not a powerful speaker I'm too young right but let me ask you a question. When Jeremiah was saying that he was too young, who was he comparing himself to? Who was he comparing himself to? Did he think he had to be older to be used from God? Because I'm going to tell you this, comparing yourself to other people will rob you of your joy. It'll make you depressed, right? Comparison is one of the greatest traps that will keep you from your purpose. Let me just, let me, let me just say it. Let me get the elephant out of the room, right? There's always going to be someone who's better than you in an area. It just always will be, right? And here's what I've found. I've just come to thank God for those people because they can instruct me. They can help me. But, you know, the other day I was listening to a message from some of my favorite preachers. I was listening to Christine Kane, And, man, I, I thought that. And I was like, I heard that. And I was like, man, I just need to quit. Like, I'm, I'm done. You know, I, I don't. Man, I was listening to Joyce Meyer the other day. I'm like, wow, they're so great. God, how could you use me? But can I just encourage you? When I was out that morning talking with my neighbor, right? Bedhead in a black t-shirt. I think it even had a hole in it in my gym shorts. What my neighbor needed. I love Christine Kane and I love Joyce Meyer, but they weren't there that morning. Guess who was there? Phil Valdez. And God wanted to use me in that moment to encourage my neighbor because he wants my neighbor saved. And so I can't compare myself to all these other ministries, I have to say, God, do what you want to do in my life. Here I am. Send me. Now, here's the amazing thing about Jeremiah. As we know, he does respond to God's call. He does respond to God's call. And when he speaks, I want you, I hope this settles in your spirit today as we come to a close. God told him, when you speak, I'm going to make your words like fire. Jeremiah chapter five, verse 14 I will make your words in your mouth a fire and these people, the wood it consumes. So watch this. God says, don't look at their faces, but you know what? Here's the thing. I'm already preparing them. And when you speak, your words are going to be like fire. Wow. If you speak, the Bible also says that he makes his ministers flames of fire, flames of fire. And you know what I was thinking about? Some of my favorite scriptures are in Jeremiah. 
Oh, Jeremiah 33, 3. I'm so glad that Jeremiah opened up his mouth. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, right? Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things. That word mighty means hidden things. Jeremiah spoke that. Jeremiah spoke Jeremiah 29, 11 that most of us know and have memorized. Why? Because he opened up his mouth. He realized that his life was made for more. And some of Jeremiah, let me just say this, every excuse that Jeremiah had, God addressed it and had an answer for it. And actually, let me say this, God knew all of Jeremiah's excuses before he even called Jeremiah. Come on, how about that? God knows you, right? God knows all of your excuses. God knows your weaknesses. And yet he calls you and he graces you. And I believe because it's for such a time as this, right? There's not one excuse that you have or Jeremiah has that God doesn't have an answer for. It's time for us to realize, church, we're the answer. Jesus through us, Christ in you is the hope of glory that this world needs. And we've got to stop making excuses because here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for divine opportunities and God encounters. But we've got to realize our life was made for more than just going to work, right? Come on. Listen, I believe that God can use your job and maybe some of you are actually in the calling that God has for you. But listen, don't discount yourself going to work on the construction site that God can't use your life. My but we've got to realize, right, we are made for more. And let me just encourage you. That's what I see in the future. Right? My faith, my future, I'm seeing the people of God rising up, right, in un, 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 unpopular places, restaurants, different places where the people of God are moving, speaking the word of God, moving in the power of God. Let's stop limiting God by making excuses. And here's what I want us to do. Let's take that step. Maybe you're on a phone call with a family member and something happens. I love, we have some nurses that um, come to Passion Life Church. And this week in our life group, one of the nurses was saying that she was on a, a teleconference with a patient and he just, you know, and she just felt like she really needed to encourage him and encourage him to invite God into the situation. Right there at work, she had an opportunity and she opened up her mouth and God used it, right, to touch somebody's heart. This is what I'm talking about. On uh, my faith, my future. We need to step into the future and allow God to use us like never before. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow your heads? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you that you have called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. You want to use us, Lord, just like you used many of the greats in the Bible, Jeremiah. Father, I pray, Lord, that there would be, that you would touch your people. I stir up today the gift that is inside of them. Father, that we would be aware of opportunities. Lord, that you would begin to show us as we talk to our neighbor, as we talk to our friends, that we are the salt and the light, and there are people who need to hear your word. Father, I speak boldness in the name of Jesus over your people. Father God, that your spirit, Lord, that resurrection power, Father, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, will quicken their mortal body that will, Lord, I pray that it will infuse them with power, Lord God, from on high, from your Holy Spirit, and that we would be the people that God has called us to be. Just one more prayer. If you keep your eyes closed, maybe you're here and you're watching and you never asked Jesus to come inside your heart. Listen, 
God wants to save you first, and then he calls you. Maybe you've never asked him to come inside your heart. Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. That's why he sent, God sent his son. Listen, he died on the cross so we can all be forgiven of our sins and that we could have a relationship with God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I want to give you this opportunity this morning to pray with me, to repent of your sin, turn away from your sin and say, God, come inside my heart. Remember, God's not looking for our perfection. He's looking for our surrender. And today, if you just say, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. Come inside my heart. Forgive me. Use me. Call me, Lord. Call me and use my life, Lord, for more than I could ever imagine. And I want to know that one day when I do die, that heaven can be my home. You can know that today. Let's pray in faith. Would you repeat after me? Say this, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Father God, forgive me of my sin. I turn away from sin today. Jesus, come inside my heart. I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, welcome to the family of God. If you prayed that prayer, man, we'd love to hear from you today. You know, we have an email. It's info at passionlifechurch.com. We'd love to connect with you. Let us know today that you prayed that prayer. Listen, I'm so glad that you tuned in today. Next week, we're going to be starting a brand new series, and I'd love to connect with you again next week. Listen, we're praying for you. We love you. If you have prayer requests, send them to us. We're so excited about what God is doing in your life, and I look forward to hearing some testimony of God moments and God encounters, divine appointments that God is setting up for you even now for you to speak His Word and be used by God. We love you and God bless you. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.